part of having obsessive compulsive disorder is your mind always jumping to the most negative possibility always right um and it's and i mean i'm I'm talking everything from like i want to get coffee right now well fuck what if i get over there and the coffee shop's closed and then i've wasted 10 minutes and then fuck i'm gonna get to the place and i'm not gonna be i'm gonna be drowsy and i'm not gonna be very animated and the goddamn podcast is gonna suck and no one's gonna come to my shows versus just go get the fucking coffee it's right if that if that place is closed there's gonna be another one along the way right my brain always jumps to the negative first it gets better cause it has to get better we're all made of humans hello my name is sophie hagen i am a stand-up comedian from denmark and you're listening to the made of human podcast or in short mopad it's a podcast in which i speak to nice people about life that's really it we have a chat and uh I think for about an hour, we just feel less alone together. How does that sound? That's fair enough, isn't it? Is it too cringy? I don't know. This week, I am speaking to American comedian Sean Patton. I saw his show at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, and I was like, he is uh, the essence of the Mopad. I am pretty sure you'll love him. I'll, uh, I'll let you listen to our chat in just a little bit. First, you need to know, I'm going on tour of the UK with my new comedy show, Dead Baby Frog, which is a, a funny show about m- emotional abuse. <laughs> so there we go. little trigger, uh, trigger warning for you there. Uh, I'm going to be visiting the following places, and I'm now going to butcher all the names. So I am going to uh, do a show in... Peterborough, Winchester, Liverpool, Fareham, Coventry, Swindon, Leeds, Glasgow, Aberdeen, Norwich, Kendall, Milton Keynes, Bath, Aldershot, Maidenhead, Newcastle, Newport, Leicester, Manchester, Oxford, Bristol, Hull, Bromsgrove, Stockton, Cambridge, Colchester, New Milton, Reading, uh, Whitehaven, Aberystwyth, Northampton, and Canterbury. And I do appreciate all the messages I get from you where you tell me that it was very well done, that my pronunciation wasn't too flawed, flawed. Uh, <laughs> how ironic to mispronounce the flawed in the sentence my mis- my pronunciation isn't flawed i'm very tired i'm very tired but happy good tired so after that tour i will be going to do my denmark tour i will be performing in copenhagen Aarhus, albo espia and Odense. i just need to say all of those shows will be in english of course because the show is in english you can go to sophiehagen.com for the tickets, and whilst you're there, sign up for my newsletter so you get all of the gossip and the secrets and tour dates, and uh, especially when I'm doing London days as well, because they haven't been announced yet. And uh, you can buy my show if you're far away. I imagine maybe a few Americans will be listening now that it's Sean Patton, so hello, America, uh, land of the f- f- sort of free, <laughs> you know, land of the f- former land of the free, I don't know. Uh, but if, if, uh, if you're not around, uh, to see me live on tour, you can go to sophiehagen.com forward slash shop and buy my show Shimmer Shatter, which is about being an introvert, uh, for just five pounds. And, uh, it's actually filmed in front of, uh, an audience made up of exclusively, made up exclusively of Mopad listeners. So it's very lovely. Before I let you listen to the episode, we shall do this week's Acts of Disobedience, where listeners send in their act of disobedience. This uh, week's listener is called Hannah, and this is what she wrote. Today, whilst enjoying a nice family outing at a Bristol balloon fiesta, a man caught my eye. He was attempting to bear hug a woman while squeezing her arm, walking away with her in tears. 
I immediately handed my husband my drink and he said, oh shit. I marched over to the subtle man and asked kindly for him to remove his hand. He did, momentarily. Then he squeezed her again. She at this point was screaming. He even, he even had scratch marks on his arm where she was digging to get away. I then asked her if she was okay and forcibly yet calmly removed his hand and, and her from him. I looked at him and shouted, not cool, not cool at all. Within minutes, my husband had called security. They escorted him out of the premises and the woman sobbing, uh, sobbed, thanking for the help. My daughter looked at me and said, mom, that was amazing. She's five years old and learned today that it is never okay to just be a bystander. And it's never okay for someone to touch you unless consented. I mean, how how cool are my listeners? That is pretty fucking cool. That That makes me... Almost a bit teary. Like, that's really cool. That's, so, that's what, yeah, that's what you need to do. Brilliant. Perfect. You can submit your act of disobedience on madeofhumanpodcast.com, where you can also buy a Mopad t-shirt, by the way. Buy the Mopad t-shirt. And if you wear it on uh, when you come to see me live and I see you wearing it, I'll be like, oh, like really excited. I'm trying to not scream anymore when I see people because it scares them. So now I scream internally and just smile and kind of freak out a bit. So now... Please enjoy this episode with the incredible Sean Patton. My name is Sean Oliver Patton. It's my middle name. Uh, I'm from Louisiana. I live in New York City. I'm a comedian here at the Fringe doing my first ever run. First ever full run at the Fringe. Fully, huh. fully uh, committed, living in a flat with six other comedians. Holy that's a lot. It's a lot. We, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pretty nice flat. We're, we're, we're right by Arthur's Seat. There's a mountain slash hill you can climb, which all of my roommates have done except me. I will. And uh, then there's a park. I mean, it's a nice area. It's a nice apartment. We all have wonderful big bedrooms with lots of natural light, but there's only one bathroom. Oh, no. So it's been sort of like an exercise in like... Comfort. Holding it in. Yeah, like, you know, it's like, how badly do you need to go to the bathroom every time you think you need to go to the bathroom? You know, it's How like, quickly can you shower? Exactly. exactly. With the how, pressure. How often do you really need to shower? Oh. And then you start thinking about, like, because I've had, it's only been a couple of weeks, but it's like, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not that dirty. And you, and you take, like, you know, I, I, haven't, I didn't sweat that much. Uh, I mean, I feel like, okay, I showered yesterday. Do I really need to shower tonight? Maybe I'll shower. Okay, if I don't shower today, I won't go out tonight, though. I'll do the show and come home <laughs> and not be around people. You start, like, you know, yeah. debate. You start sort of negotiating with yourself. Yeah, I feel selfish when I use conditioner. Like, exactly. oh, that's do another I three need minutes. To do exactly. Oh, God. <laughs> yesterday, and this sounds very diva-like, but I had some claws going. I trimmed my nails in the shower, and I didn't know you could do it that fast. I had no, like, all, all my life. Little fire. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was always this tender, like, take your time. It's like, nope. I need, because I used to bite my nails, and that is, it's one of those bad habits that you hear all your life. Like, yeah, I know it's a bad habit, but I'm doing it. And then eventually you're like, oh, this is a bad habit. I chipped a tooth on a fingernail. Oh, God. Yeah, exactly. That's it was like, good. oh, life, ha-ha. <laughs> you were waiting until this sort of thing mattered. <laughs> and so, now I trim my nails. But yeah, it's it's... It's and I know all the the roommates pretty well. Three other Americans also doing fringe for the first time, also having a similar sort of like this is happening, right? It's already are we here? 
This is here. I think we, we've all talked about how we've had dreams about coming here. Yeah. While here. Like where oh. we wake up and we're like, oh, we're here. Oh. We've all had travel to Edinburgh dreams, some nightmares, some really good dreams. You know, I think reflective of how we're actually feeling about the fest. So, you know, it's it's good. Yeah. So yeah. are you still in that kind of mindset now where you're a bit... Well, I'm in a weird place with the fest because I'm definitely, I'm definitely enjoying myself. And I'm definitely, like, I have a good room to perform in. It's small. Um, people are coming to the show, and that's good. Like, we just talked. You know, I've gotten some... I've gotten some good reviews and people seem to like it overall. And I'm learning a lot about the show and like making adjustments and changing it. And every show is going to be, if you came and saw me tonight and then came and saw me next week, you would see updates. Oh, wow. Because I'm trying to, I'm, the whole reason I'm at this festival is because I had this hour that I wrote that is a very, I guess what you'd call a fringe style show where it's like thematic, um, which we don't get to do in America. We really, you're not encouraged to do it. You don't really get the opportunity when you do clubs on the road. They're, you're not you're, an hour with a theme. Fuck that. Why? Some places you can. Some you know smaller little black box theaters are like hardcore comedy fan. You know, steady hold points in cities. You could do it there, but um, here it's you know it's a challenge. I, I like I like that, but I want to record this. I want to shoot it later this year. So. I came to the fest to make what I thought was already a great show greater, which is a challenge. But um, all that's great. But I guess it's like, I don't know. Uh, you, Every American who's ever done The Fringe either comes back hating it, <laughs> yeah. like just broken. Yeah. I think we've had stories about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Or they come back loving it and they come back every year. You know, there's a couple comedians, American comedians who this, every single year they come here They do their show about how much America sucks. <laughs> People love it, and they keep coming back. And uh, but I'm, I'm having this weird. I get for me, it feels like I still haven't seen the heart of the fringe yet. See what I'm saying? Yeah, we're still in the beginning, right? Yeah, yeah. I, it's like I haven't seen like I've been to all the comedian performer bars. You know, I haven't really seen anything crazy. I haven't really met anyone huge. I met some. I've met other comedians who are awesome and fun and cool to hang out with. But it all seems very chill. Nothing's been actually. Last night, this is this this did happen. So I guess I, this happened like not even. I can't even say last night. I want to say this morning because it was like four in the morning. But I was at there's a. I won't say which one of the comedian bars, but um, uh, it's at a place named after something you filled with helium. <laughs> Let's just there's your hint. Um, <laughs> And I, I had met this comedian earlier in the night. I can't even remember his name. But the comedian I met him through was this guy, Bronston. And oh, I was Bronson like, Jones. Yeah, Bronston. Yeah. And I was like, hey, man, have you seen Bronston? And the dude like gave me this, like, like this very, like, I know what you're saying look. And like dug around through his pockets for a second. And I, I thought he was going to be like, oh, yeah, Bronston. Here, he went to this show or something. And then he just puts his hand up and in my hand puts a, like a little bag of cocaine. And I was like, oh, wait. Is this? And he's like, yeah. Did, and he gave me like a, isn't that what you wanted look? And I was like, oh, no, man, not for me anymore. And he was like, oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry, man. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And he was way over apologetic. And I was like, don't worry. I'm not a cop. <laughs> It's fine. And then, you know, we laughed about it in part of ways. But I was like, I asked him, where's Bronston? Or have you seen Bronston? Is that like a, is Bronston Jones been coming here so long? His name is now like... <laughs> A nickname for like, hey man, you got any coke on you? 
So I guess that start maybe that'll kick off the craziness because I've heard stories of just like insane like full bars singing one song you know like uh fake football matches breaking out and it you know like I, I I'm looking forward to that like what I've heard about that like uh summer camp like yeah, extracurricular spring fun break-y kind yeah of. <laughs> amongst comedians but the shows I haven't seen as many shows as I want to because I told myself I would I would wait till after my break, which is on Monday. Yeah, like just to focus on my show to get. But it, I like, do feel like maybe that's what people are doing. Yeah, at the moment I've not. As the same, like I haven't seen anything. Mm. Most people seem kind of happy and content at the moment. Chill, yeah. which does feel like <laughs> that, like calm like, before the storm. Like right, we're yeah. people are about to break now, <laughs> but it has been so far. I feel like there's a kind of a positive. You've been before, right? Yeah, this is my third year so at, you, with the yeah. show. Okay, but I do also remember it as more eventful but i do maybe people have learned and now they're taking it calm yeah but there's no way of keeping it calm throughout the fringe there will be breaking points right you can't keep a lid on you can't keep a lid on something that's still cooking no i'll I'll walk in in the toilet you'll be snorting coke on the floor and i'll be like yeah i hope not jesus you are you you, do not i I am i have hard the hard stuff has been about 13 14 years now i just was like nah because i you know I, i for me it's really weird because I talk to a lot of comedians who like don't come to this decision till later in their careers, which is interesting. But um, for me, it was like pretty much from the get go. I knew I was going to just do this. I knew I just knew it. And it, it's not me saying I thought I was funnier than anyone else. It's not me saying I thought I was brilliant right from the get go. And ever, it's just going to be an easy cakewalk. I'm just going to crush it forever. It's not that. It's more of a just I felt I was like, nope, this is it. This is what it is. This is my, I don't like to use the phrase calling or purpose, but this is my thing. Mm. You know, this is my specialty, you know? And I decided also early on, like, don't die young. Don't, it, to me, there was nothing ever appealing about being that artist that, like, got super awesome for a short time and then fucking died. And, I, and you hear that all the time where it's like, gotta die young, man. You know, it's the best thing Kurt, Kurt Cobain ever did. It's the best thing Chris Farley ever did. It's like, no, it's not. It's the worst. It's the worst thing. They, you know, they fucking rob their fans, their families, and themselves of any true like, you know, nah, fuck that. I, I don't. I, I want to, you know, do this into a comfortable age anyway. I don't want to live to be. I don't want. I also the dichotomy of that is I also don't want to live that long. I feel like you get to a certain point. It's like, are you still living, or are you just sort of like waking up and breathing and eating food? Do you go back to sleep and hopefully then die in that sleep and sleep forever, you know? Do you um, have like a, do you know when? This, like w- what yeah. age do you think you want to? 73. 73? Off the okay. top of my head, you know? And when do you nice want to start working? I don't ever want to. I like, I like. Do you like want to die on stage as a 73 year old? Oh, that would be fucking great. Wouldn't it? That would be a great show. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's Danish. Like, the, the, one of the, the first ever. I'm from Denmark, by the way. That's the, what's happening. Danish. Yeah. Yeah. I that's, was actually going to ask. I, yeah. I apologize. <laughs> no, I, I should doing, always. I should always open with it. Otherwise, people are confused for a while. Actually, I just got back. I just did Norway. Yeah. And I was going to say Swedish because oh. you don't sound Norwegian. No, I don't. Yeah, but but <laughs> I, I also don't a, sound Swedish. You don't. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Well, then I met someone who said they were Swedish and they sounded like how you sound now. But yeah, <gasps> that's a big offense. Liars. Denmark, Norway, and Finland. We don't like Sweden. They're like the uh, really yeah. It's, like a, it's a fun thing that doesn't matter at all, and it has no. There's no point in it. But when I do shows in Norway and Finland, yeah. I always say, "Oh, I'm from Denmark, but we're fine, right?" And they go, "Yeah, yeah." And then I go, 
but you don't like Sweden, do you? And they're like, yeah, well, <laughs> fuck Sweden. You know, from what I gathered, and this might, you correct me, but of in Scandinavia, all right, uh, Norway's like the rich, the rich mm, yeah. country. Uh, fin- Finland's like the weirdo, like yeah. kid that eats its boogers. <laughs> yeah. Right. About um, right. Uh, Denmark is like the cool, like, like, you know, goes to the punk shows Listens to hip hop. Depending on you who know? you ask, right. yeah, we can also be like the little the, the kid, really, like the, the youngest brother who's just like a bit. Ugh, okay, a bit. see, because I thought that was Iceland. Oh, what? we don't count Iceland. We don't count Iceland. Oh, no, nah. okay. So then that's Denmark, and then yeah, Sweden's like the popular. Yeah. Like oh, Sweden, you're yeah. so popular and hot. And, yeah. But now you're like oh, shut up. Yeah. We get it. <laughs> too big. It's too we big. We get it. <laughs> Gothenburg, you think you're cool now? <laughs> spot on you can nail that just from one trip to Norway that's pretty good they talk they they I mean I loved I thought I thought Oslo was a beautiful city but it's very it's an international city you sort of Mm, like if you've been to an international city you've been to Oslo I still recommend going it's still beautiful but Bergen Bergen was one of the most beautiful places I've ever been were you up one of the mountains went up the mountains oh the fjords it was just so beautiful and just the city just yeah. the town itself is oh. like, God damn, this is great. Yeah. And the comedy, it was fun. But they, I found that Norwegians do have like a, we're going to constantly remind you that we're just as cool as Sweden. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely like a, huh? Yeah. Huh? They have that in Sweden. We've got two of them. Yeah. You know, and you're like, all right, I get it. <laughs> Sweden's, you don't really care to be, you share a goddamn coast or a, a mountain? No, like a... Uh, uh, what would you call whatever? A continent. A continent. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> but um, so yeah. So you're Danish. Yeah, I don't remember what I wanted to say with that. I forgot. I think it was where. Oh shit. We just yeah. we went off on a complete. No, but and a very important point. It was uh, a, something about oh, yeah, partying. Yeah, yeah, I remember, yeah. So the, the the one of the biggest very first comedians we had in Denmark. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the before it wasn't stand up. It was just like funny monologues. No one called it a stand up comedian. Right. But he was like the funny. He's called Dirk Passer. He died on stage, and that always went through. Wow. Almost like the comedy circuit. It's like oh, he died on stage. Now was it during I mean, the was, set or was it like yeah, as it ended? I think it was during. I feel like it was during a set or like when he was walking off. Oh, okay. There was that that like walking off would be perfect. Like right as right as you say good night. Oh god, imagine if it was right before the punchline and people would just be like, eh. Oh yeah, like that wasn't the, that funny? What's the joke? Yeah. <laughs> okay, he's committing to this, we'll just leave now. <laughs> I mean it would be amazing for your final words to be thank you, good night. Oh, imagine. And then right then poof, your fucking heart explodes. Oh wow. Now I'm gonna think about that every night for the rest of my life. Like just fingers geez. crossed. <laughs> Why well, try and st- I mean like we were talking about because it's a fifteen-minute walk from where I'm staying to here, mm. and in New York terms, it's very like I walk a lot. I walk a lot, and I do. I meditate, and I try and eat fruit every day. Mm. And these are three things that I'm like, help me not die young, please. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't. But oh yeah, drugs. I don't really. I don't. I don't need them. If that mm. makes sense. Mm. Like cause I've I've done everything except like hardcore shit. I have never smoked crack. Or shot heroin, but like, you know, I've done the hallucinogenics, and it's like, I, 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 it's, it's a little bit over, it's a little too much for me. I already, I already have a lot of those issues floating around in my head. Um, I've, I, I, I've done cocaine. Uh, I don't need it. I'm already kind of a hyperactive dude. Cocaine just makes it me unnecessary. Cocaine just turns me into like, all right, man, put that thing in a cage till it falls asleep. And then like, I love, I love marijuana. But uh, it turned on me. Like, I, I have obsessive compulsive disorder. I talk about it in the show. Marijuana just turns OCD into a fucking, 
like OCD 2.0. Oh, really? Yeah, it makes it like it almost not an unbo- unbearable. It's just if I if it ca- sometimes because I smoked weed for like ten years, maybe longer. Sometimes it was great. Sometimes it was hilarious, and I loved it and just was able to chill out. But there was too many times where just I would one thing would happen and I would just go off down some fucking very rocky, curvy, dark, drippy hallway and never be able to find my way back until I like sobered up. And it's, you know, it sucks when you're like that and all your friends are like, wait, but wait, but no, seriously, but no, seriously, if I was a dog, Mm -hmm. I would be a Labrador retriever. That's who I'd be. No, man, I think you'd be a German shepherd. You know, you're a perfectionist. No, 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 but I'm loyal. (laughs) You know, I think, okay, maybe like more of a Dotson, maybe more of a Dotson. And I'm like, in a corner somewhere, just freaking the fuck out. Like, did how how did it, where did where did where do where does the alphabet come from? Who invented it? Like, no one invented it. We had to be taught by aliens, but right, we had to be taught the. And then now that's a and then those those two worlds never come back together. You know, so I don't. I but I think with the advancement of marijuana growing and farming and things like like you know, I, is marijuana? It's not legal in Denmark, is it? No, but you're super close it's, to there's something about it's it's legal. Oh, it's legal. Is it legal doing it but not selling it, or is it legal selling it but not buying it? I don't. I'm not really. I'm not. I'm not cool. But you can also <laughs> go. You know, right? To, you're pretty close to Amsterdam from in the. Well, in, in not in Denmark times, but maybe in America times. That's no. close. Uh, it seems like okay, yeah, I guess it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would take what an hour on a plane, but that's yeah, still that you still have to get on the plane. Or like a five hour drive. Yeah. Yeah. Do you live in Copenhagen? I live in London. Oh, you live in London. Yeah, okay, yeah. But I lived in Copenhagen. Someone, one, I, one of those, one of those Weeges told <laughs> me uh, that Copenhagen, he believed, was the greatest city in all of like the Europe, UK. Is is pretty uh, good. It is pretty good. He was like, I'm, it's the greatest. I like Berlin better. Ooh. I really like Berlin. I've heard Berlin. It um, is sweet. It is. Yeah. Are, are you going to go around after? Gonna- I, I think I, I, for career purposes and touring purposes, I'm probably going to have to go right back to the U.S. Because I've been, today makes four weeks that I've been abroad. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah. So like after this is up, I'm probably going to have to go back, jump back to the States. Um, I don't know how quick, maybe I have a day or two, but I haven't bought my ticket back yet. So, but uh, I want to, I would like to start coming and doing the UK and Ireland and the rest of Europe regularly mm. once or twice a year, just cause I feel like the, you know, there's a real, there's a comedy consciousness out here mm. and you know, Europeans and Scandinavians and you know, uh, the, the Irish people are some of the funnest people I've ever performed yeah. in front of. Scots seem great. And it's like, there's a, it's, it, there's something outside of the U S and right now in the U S is such, there's so much just like, social turmoil and unrest and like all anybody wants to fucking talk about is Trump, which Mm -hmm. is important. You know, your guy, the guy's got to be dethroned, but like, it's also like outside of the coasts and certain parts of the country. It's like, Oh, there's what else is out there? You know, you want to see, especially if it gets to a point where you, you know, I hope it never gets this way. I'm not one of those Americans who hates America. Like I hate where it's, where they, where it is. I I hate the Trump administration. I hate the Republican Party, but I do not hate the United States. There's a lot of great, good, amazing shit that happens there. It just gets overshadowed by this garbage. But I do think you do think like, well, fuck, if this keeps going in this way, what a, what about becoming an expat? 
And if you're going to become an expat, why not already know where to tour and perform? You know what I mean? Like, and live. You know? I think one of the one of the differences that I kind of and I don't know how right I am about this because of course America is huge and the comedy scene is huge and everyone's Massive. different. Yeah. But I think one of the big differences is this whole like the social social justice warrior mm. yeah. um, PC kind of. This, it feels like in because I'm talking from going from Denmark to the UK yeah. or in Denmark. There's none of that. Like yeah. there's no one says the word sexism about anything and like feminism is a bad word and stuff yeah. and in the UK it seems to be so like you talked about a review you got mm-hmm. where they used the word misogyny misogyny yeah and I think that might be a, quite a big difference because all of a sudden you, if you want to be part of that group of comedians you kind of have to be very aware of all yeah. of these yeah it's true I mean it's definitely that's a good point I mean you have to be aware I mean I think and correct me if I'm wrong but it seems like maybe in Denmark it's not a big deal on stage because it's not a big deal in your culture, mm, right? I Which wish is, that was true. No, no. no? Okay. It's just the misogyny is so ingrained and the racism and the. Oh, I see. It's what just you're we're just behind, but that's what they. That's yeah. what we think in Denmark. That's what we think. We think. Yeah. Like, oh no, no, it's because we're over it. Well, that's not when you start looking into it. That is not the case. Yeah. But it was funny, like when I saw your show, there was a moment, and that wasn't that wasn't you, but you made a joke where, and uh, you insinuated that you did something horrible that you didn't do right, and right. immediately after you say no no of course i didn't do that right, do you know right, what i mean a, yeah, yeah yeah and then the second you said like right in the moment before before you said no of course i didn't do yeah. that they were like forced or something four men who went way yeah, yeah 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 and i remember that was it was so uncomfortable and that wasn't at no, all no. down to you that and now that, that's the point of that point that's the point of that point in the show mm. is for me to like for those people to laugh and for me to then be like, you fucking idiots, what are you talking about? Yeah. Of course I didn't do that. How does it feel, though, yeah. being on stage and then, like, knowing... Because, like, yeah. misogynist people don't come to my show because I'm a woman. Like, why would they go? <laughs> they yeah, they yeah, all, yeah. I've already narrowed them out of, the, mm. out of the calculation. But how does it feel? Like, it's kind of... You're kind of revealing which people in the audience are kind of bastards. Um, I like it. Uh, it... Uh, Basically, I feel like uh, as a man, like you have a, if you're a guy like me, I'm in my 30s, I'm a straight white male, like, you know, it's, I'm not going to be one of those guys who complains that the world's against us now, but I get it. You know, there's, it's not our time right now. This is not, it, it, uh, we've had a good, we've had it good for a while. Um, I don't think it's a, fair to assume that we've all had it so good that we can have it back. You know what I'm saying? That we can be shit on, but it is also like, no, no, I get it. Like I'm a person who comes from a line. People who are other straight white males way older than me have done some awful shit. Right. I, as a straight white male, find it my responsibility then to at least call out the pieces of shit. Right. But not in a fucking social justice warrior way, not in a way. What I don't like is you see all these, you have this a lot in the States are these, you know, younger single white males or straight white male uh, comedians who just get on stage and l- just lament about how fucking terrible straight white men are. But then they and that's it. It's like you're not offering a solution. You're not really doing any damage to that world. You're just getting on stage in a safe place where, you know, people are going to applaud and you're going to get booked on another show. In fact, I think that's kind of cowardly. You're using a cause that these people believe in to further your career. Fuck you. All right? I will never do that. However, I will do what I did here. 
say a thing that might make shitheads go, yeah, and then I can go, what the fuck is wrong with you? And for that moment, make them feel like, oh, yeah, shit. And I, I'll take that risk. Make them feel terrible. Make them leave that show going, fuck that guy. I don't give a fuck. Because everyone else who saw it happen knows that I said, fuck those people, you know? Um, yeah, you should. I feel like that's part of... I also feel like that's part of comedy. And this is my whole belief with comedy in general is it doesn't belong in the mainstream. It's not a mainstream art form. It is not. We're seeing with the problems with it being in the mainstream right now. There's a lot of garbage out there. There's a lot of people who aren't funny making millions of dollars because of a look or something that can be sold or like a catchphrase. And that's not comedy is a subject or a subversive art form. I think it belongs underground. It belongs like something you got to seek out. You know, I'm not going to compare it to jazz because jazz was sort of jazz wasn't on this. Jazz will never be on the level comedy is. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? It was a great musical art form, but it's like comedies, you know, ideas and, you know, uh, concepts and like expression and, but it doesn't belong in the mainstream because that upsets people. Having an opinion that's different upsets people. Not talking about something that they want to talk about because they don't wrap their minds around bigger things regularly upsets people, you know? And it belongs in a place where people who come see comedy know they're like, all right, this might be challenging. Someone might say something we don't agree with, but if they make us laugh... Maybe we'll open up to that idea. And that's hard to do when it's in the mainstream, when everyone's paying attention to every fucking syllable every comedian is uttering on stage. So it's just like, I said I said all that just to highlight that in my show, when I say something that purposefully draws out the shitheads, that's part of comedy to me too. I don't think you're supposed to please the crowd for an hour straight. I think you need to have moments where you create uncomfort. And you need to have moments where you make them go, what the fuck is he doing? And you need to have those moments where you're like, I don't know about this. Because then it all pays off if they stay with you. Which it's then your job in the moment to do. Keep them with you. That's the challenge, I guess. That's, uh, that leads kind of perfectly into the first, the first question that mm-hmm. I need to ask you. Which So you have to imagine this world mm-hmm. where... So in the country that we both live in now, we're pretending we live in the same country, mm-hmm. and it's been invaded by this evil dictator. Okay. I don't know if you can possibly imagine the situation like know. that. Yeah. But this is like we're like talking a bit in the future, and this is someone who now starts to completely just murder people, and there's soldiers in the street, and you can kind of choose between three things. You can mm-hmm. either join the bad side. Now, these are very right-wing, right. uh, kind of Hitler-y kind of people. So you can either join that side you can stay neutral right. just keep your head down just not try and not be noticed or you can join the resistance where do you think you would be interesting that's it that is not at all the question i was expecting you to answer ask out to ask <clears throat> and now i'm looking around being like is this room bugged <laughs> are you about to are you about to, is this like an actual, like, we're going to get you? Of course, join the side of the people. <laughs> I feel um, like it might be the exact opposite. <laughs> not, I mean, my, you know, it's funny. My thought process in that exact scenario, which I've thought out, thought about quite a bit, believe it or not, has always been, I, I know there's a phrase for it or like a category of it, but I don't know what it is. But it's to join the, join the right and take them down from the inside. 
Oh, interesting. But that would then that would be the resistance, wouldn't it? But 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 without the resistance or the right knowing that I was the resistance. Ooh. Yeah. That's a fourth option. That that's kind of always been. I mean, I, but that's the there's a risk. There's a risk there. Oh yeah, huge. Because then you have to like join the side and make them believe that you're yeah one of them, and that could take time, and yeah. then get into a position of power where you can actually. I guess I would. Yeah, like uh, the Snape, really. Yeah, is who I would be. Is the is let them believe that I'm on their side, and then at the right moment take the whole thing down. Why wouldn't you go to the resistance and say, "Listen, I'm going to do this, so don't kill me." Because um, what if they then succeed in killing you at some point, and you could be like, "God, God damn it!" I the, almost... the, the, the 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 risk with going to the resistance is them one of them getting captured and dropping the dime. <sighs> so you yeah. have to. What I would do is like maybe like make a somehow document like this date, this time, yeah. this is happening, and get it somewhere where I know if it's found. Yeah, and I'm dead. My so they'll know that you. At they'll least. know. Yeah, yeah. I only I only think that way only because like because I've you know especially with like there are just certain things you see where you know the resistance. I of course by saying that I'm saying I side with the resistance, right? Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Right. It's just it's just not. I also wonder about like hey, uh, the, just shouting in the face of the enemy. I don't think is the best strategy. And I think that they have a thousand different ways to dismantle that. So why not outthink them? Why not outsmart them? Why, and it's a, it's yeah. way riskier though. And your life is in way much more peril. And if you don't pull it off, you might go down as one of them. You know? What if? Okay, so what if you're you're doing this and you're all, you're about to get to the top where you will eventually mm-hmm. take them down? Right. But now some of them are f- sensing that oh, I just don't believe this. I mean, he seems to be a bit yeah. left wing back in the day. So they're like, right, we have captured these spies. Yeah. Kill them. Would you do that? I don't, that's, you see, no. That's where, that's where, I guess, if I'm in that room with the spies and they're like, oh, here's the gun, I just fucking blast the other, the other right-wingers. Oh, really? And then be like, let's try and, let's try and escape now. This is, right. this is the point I got to. Here's who I am. I am one of you. I didn't get as high as I thought, but hey, we're in here now. Let's fuck some shit up and then get out of here. You know? Try try to anyway. I love that you've thought about this. Yes, many times. That's amazing. Yeah. What, what made what made you think of that? Um, one of the reasons I say I don't need hallucinogens. Um, it's the way part of having obsessive compulsive disorder is your mind always jumping to the most negative possibility, always right. Um, and it's and I mean I'm I'm talking everything from like I want to get coffee right now. Well, fuck, what if I get over there and the coffee shop's closed and then I've wasted 10 minutes and then fuck, I'm going to get to the place and I'm not going to be, I'm going to be drowsy and I'm not going to be very animated and the goddamn podcast is going to suck and no one's going to come to my shows versus just go get the fucking coffee. It's right. There. If that, cl- if that place is closed, there's going to be another one along the way, right? My brain always jumps to the negative first. So, uh, growing up in the nineties, do you, I mean, do you remember when Bill Clinton bombed Kosovo? No. How old are you? I'm 28. Okay, well, it was it was like 1998. Bill Clinton. Yeah, I would have been 10. I don't yeah. know really. He um he bombed Kosovo. I don't remember exactly why, but it was something to do with you know instability in the region. Same reason the U.S. always bombs people, right? Hmm. And it was my first time b- becoming very worried 
about uh you know shit the, the state of you know, what the fuck war you know and i was like i was 19 years old and it was like jesus christ what if there's a draft what if i have to go to war it's like naturally when that thought enters your head you just run with it and the, and that's when i started thinking about shit like that and then of course a few years later when the first gulf war happened or the second one i'm sorry when george w bush invaded um you know i was young i was early 20s like there was talk of possibly being another draft and i would have been right a healthy 23 year old man i'd have been right in their fucking crosshairs so it's like jesus christ so you just you think about that sort of shit there never was a draft there probably never will be another one but like hopefully but you know i i think about that shit all the time um those sort of things i'm also because the one side effect of ocd that is great because all ocd really is is a creative mind working against you right so you have to take the good with the bad you realize like for every one of these negative awful thoughts i go through that sometimes trap me in a fucking kitchen for 20 minutes longer because i'm trying to break out of a break out of a goddamn ocd ritual there's the there's the bright side there's the creative happy good side and boredom is i've never experienced it you know the classic like oh i'm bored i just want to do something i'm like why don't you just sit in the corner and think about replay all these scenarios you've created to yourself you know the good ones though if you're bored or it's like i just i don't boredom is not an option for me i if i get if i'm truly bored i just take a walk and i'm off in my own head for most of it you know sometimes just remembering things thinking what if this would have gone that way sometimes writing boot bits but it's like yeah so i ideas like the one you just asked when you were asking it, I was like, this is so crazy because I know I know the answer. I know what I'm going to say. <laughs> Has the answer changed? With it? Like from your first thought of it when you were 19, would you have chosen something else? No, my, I've always, I've always, and I don't think it's a brave thing. I think it's, you know, I think you have to take what you are and make the best out of it, right? So like, am I the bravest guy out there? Absolutely not. That's why I wouldn't be on the front line of the resistance. But- Am I the guy who wants to do the right thing? And will then yes. So, okay, obviously bravery, standing in the face of the fucking enemy and shouting him down, maybe not my strong suit. However, lying to the enemy, outsmarting them behind their backs to help the cause, I can do that. And there, that requires a bravery. And I'm confessing all this on your podcast, and now I'm going to get fucking... No, the, yeah, the funny, yeah. I, I think I've asked, I've been asking this question for about 10... 10, maybe 15 episodes now. Yeah. And it's the first time anyone's answered the one that I would have said. Oh, really? This is yeah. what you would have said too? Yeah, I mean, that's when oh, I... Awesome. The reason I asked was because I had the, I had this fantasy. And oh, I, awesome. I went all the way, like with all the details. And ah. and it, it was like in my head for about weeks, a month or something. Yeah. It should have been. Uh, and that well, I would have notified. I, I would have had a section of the resistance knowing, yeah, so that we could okay. meet up every once in a while. And and I, I'd, I mean, that's I'd, a risk. You're a risk. That's a risk. But I didn't think of. Yeah, but yeah. it would be a tiny, like the elite, the elite, and the. It elite. would have to be like one person, really, or maybe two. Yeah, it would be the people who had the cyanide pill in their yeah, hands exactly. all the, the time. Like the they people. would not let themselves yeah. get caught. So I would have to trust them, which is of course huge. Oh, you, risk. You've even thought about the people with the cyanide pills yeah, yeah. in the molar, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, and I and I would and. Also, I chose the uh, 
I'm always ashamed now because I wasn't even going to try and get into a powerful position. I was just going to try and, uh, you know, marry the marry the guy. Ah, oh, such a woman thing. Oh, I'm well, so, it's power though. You, it. you, but use yeah. use your power. You know, use what you can do. God damn it! I mean, I'm not saying I'm saying women can do definitely more than that. Of course, aim to be a powerful, but that's such a woman thing. Um, yeah. Okay. That sure. Is, no, that's my own brain being sure. sexist towards I, me. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, goddamn. But you're, anyway. but also using what you're given. You know, yeah. so it's like if you, if you, I would, can, they would have expected it less, maybe. Yeah, they would have been like, oh, they're just going to marry this woman. Yeah, this is just going to be the leader's wife, and then all yeah. of a sudden, oh no, the leader's yeah. wife is. Because that's down. how I would kill him. Yeah, exactly, like the main guy. Exactly, it would be just like one day you take out the main guy, yeah, everyone falls else falls apart. Exactly, yeah. and it would create. It would just take such a big sacrifice for me. <laughs> yeah, you know, live the life of. Because uh, I feel like I feel like when you when with something like that, what you just said, like being sexist towards yourself, it's like I get what you're saying. You're saying like don't belittle yourself as a woman, but at the same time, like wh- your option is then to what, like act like a man and not use your God given amazing, you know what I'm saying? Like you're, you're a woman. You like, I'm, I, women are capable of anything specifically using your power to dominate men because men can be just, I'm sexually into you. And you know what I'm saying? Like there's a sort of sexual over, you, you know, you can overpower men with that. Oh yeah, and it's I get it. And I, what I wish was—I'm not saying it's the only gift. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm not at all saying all women should only focus on their sexuality and use that. I'm just saying, in this theory, <laughs> in this fantasy that Sophie has presented, where she marries, she yeah. uses her womanhood to marry the head dictator, <laughs> to then kill him. But I would just wish that it was yeah. an active decision. That it, that when I thought about it, I would have gone. So do I yeah. seize a? a position of power or do I but I didn't I just went straight for well you'll marry him well okay but now you know if it ever now comes I know. you have now two options a, yeah. yeah now it'll be a conscious choice because then, then what if because then this is something you can all, you always got to think about too what if the dick the powerful dictator is a woman if they're, I'll, if they're I'll, I'll go gay for exactly. social justice there is a rise of like the Ann Coulters of the fucking world who mm. is a total piece of shit yeah. But uh, yeah, like, I, I, what if she got into power and she was the evil dictator? Because oh, yeah. she would do the same thing every evil dictator. She abortion oh, yeah. would be illegal. She'd yeah. take away most of women's rights, even though she has a fucking woman, which is psychotic. Yeah, you know, it's. I follow a lot of those people on Twitter. Mm-hmm. A lot of those, like the Ann Coulters and like the Mike Cernoviches and like the the hardcore, you know. Most of them hide behind like the freedom of speech flag, mm. which I do. I am a thorough freedom of speech advocate, but like they don't. It's like they they apply it in such a stupid way where it's like I, I talk about it in the show where it's like there's a fucking fine difference between uh, they put on a play at Shakespeare in the Park. I don't know if you guys read about this, the Shakespeare in the Park thing a few months back. Julius Caesar, right? They just inserted Donald Trump into the role of Julius Caesar, mm. right? A statement of mm. we hate this administration what if he got and it's like there are things he's doing that mirrored what caesar was doing and it's fucking shakespeare in the park it's a bunch of theater kids and like tourists and all these right-wingers protested it as it's you're it, you're you're saying assassinate him that's not free speech oh, that's you're saying assassinate him and it's like when we say that sort of thing about obama it's like no no, no. What you guys did was you were hanging pictures of monkeys mm. and like burning them in the streets saying, kill that N word, you know, uh, impeach that, you know, other racial slur mm. versus we're going to put Donald Trump as a character in a Shakespeare play. That's a fucking infinite 
level of difference right mm. there. One of them is pure hate-driven speech. One of them is fucking uh, metaphorical. We're not happy with the guy, so we want him uh, out of office, which is represented by this character being stabbed in the back by Brutus. It or uh, it's not. Uh, it's it's. It, but like they don't. The right doesn't think that way. The right's just like nope. Same thing. Mm. Me saying I fucking hate. Uh, these guys saying white power should be a thing is the same thing as Black Lives Matter. It's like, you're, no, one of them is, ah, anyway. Well, that's it's also why when people say they're neutral, it's that's not a thing. Because people are like, oh, well, no, I, no. I'm not either. You're like, but then you're kind of one of them. You have to pick a side, yeah. Yeah, then you are kind of them. Like, if you don't, like, if you don't speak up against this kind of thing. Has any, have, have any comedians been like, I'll be neutral? Yeah. Ah, yeah, really? Of yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. I think there's a few shows up here with people going, no, I'm just going to talk about both sides now. And it's just because they want to be different than the whole, because it's a very leftist yeah. business. There's a lot of left-wing people because it takes, I, my theory is it takes a lot of intelligence to be a comedian and it kind of... Well, it takes a lot of ways. opening up to who you are. It, it takes a lot of mm. like acceptance too. Yeah. It's yeah. why there are very few, if any, successful right-wing comedians or artists in general. That's what I tell people. That's what I would tell someone, like an alien species... That had roughly the same intelligence as a human who landed, but they didn't have this sort of social divide. And they asked me to really, they were going to, they were going to analyze the whole situation with themselves. I'm like, look at this, look at who's right wing and who's left wing. Notice 98% of the right wing is going to be white people. It's going to be white people and a majority of them men and most of the women, if not all married to those men, not single. Some of them will be. But they'll all be that prototype. Oh, can I just add? Huh? Yeah. That's almost the same statistic as serial killers. Serial killers? Yeah. yeah there you go. That's a there lot of, go. I read a book about female serial killers, and most of them did it because their boyfriends or husbands were like, oh, I got this idea now. Let's g- kill someone. Charles Manson. Like, oh, yeah. Charles Manson never himself killed a human being. Mm? You know? It was his harem of wives, I believe, yeah, mm-hmm. and his followers. Sorry, go on. Oh no! no. <laughs> one well, oh no! Oh no! What's just that the yeah. left in general is everyone. Mm. It's all skin color. All I mean, you maybe have Hispanics in America. A lot of Hispanics going right, um, but I, I don't think that is. I think that's based on the fact that they just want, you know, to be able to fucking work and make money. You know, and it's like it's it's it, they're doing it out of necessity. I don't believe that they any. I, I, they believe any of that shit, or they mm. subscribe to it even. Like the left is all like everyone. It's mm. it's like doesn't that tell you everything you need to know? Shouldn't that answer any questions before you even think of what the questions are? Like, or I even have to ask? It's like no, man. It's like one side just wants equality, and equality, of course, feels to the right like criticism. If you know what I'm saying, it's mm. like no, it's it, that's it's that all thing of if you if you have the highest amount of privilege, which is that whole white straight. Blah, blah, yeah. blah. If cisgender, all of those things. If you if you're one of those, and then other people want some of your privilege, they feel like it's you're taking it away right. from them. Right. Well, that's not how it works. You yeah. can just like they'll yeah. just be on the same page as you. Then you're not going to get less and less. Yeah. Like you can't like I can't imagine that the the white straight cis man will lose. Like that's not what it is. It's, it's just no. you won't get all of the attention. And it's also like what what's really being taken away from me? Mm. A couple of fucking shows. That I'm not going to get on because they're women only or minority only comedy shows. Well, well I'm not. That's then f- okay. 
That's mm-hmm. not my place to be on those fucking shows. What's, what's really getting taken away from? That's what I ask. It's like, what's really, what's really, what are we really losing? It's not losing anything. It's be, just, here's the thing. Just have some of the stuff that we've been so, you know, granted access to. And it doesn't go away. It's still, there's plenty of it to go around, you know? And I mean, I will also in the same breath, though, argue when someone says something like, well, only white men can be racist. I'm like, that statement in and of itself is Who racist. Who says that? Oh, I've heard it. Really? Oh, yeah. There are I definitely... it's commonly, like within, yeah. I mean, I mentioned social justice warrior. I need to say mm. that that's, I am one, so that's why I say it yeah. like that. I say that's a positive thing or it's, yeah. Anyways, uh, I think it's just commonly acknowledged that everyone's racist. Exactly. It like is a all, thing we all experience. We're all, we're all yeah. grown up, and it's it's this internalized thing as well. And it's just because we we live in the society that is racist. So how can yeah. we not be racist? Well, I think it's well. I think that's a good. That's a great point. Actually, it's also ingrained in us, probably through society, mm-hmm. but it's ingrained in you. You are. I don't know if it's taught. It obviously has to be. But like, there's just a side of you when you see someone of a different skin color, you are going to make an assumption. You just have to change what the assumption is, right? Yeah. Like you, it, it, that is that assumption is racism. Mm. You just have to you just have to change it into a positive version. And I, I do a joke about this on stage, but it's true. Like I experience a lot of what I call positive racism, and one of them is when it comes to Asian people. I automatically assume that any Asian person I meet is five to ten times smarter than me. So I, I, I approach them with, I automatically have that like, nice to meet you, like I'm meeting a professor. And I know that's still assuming, but it's positive. It's not assuming they can't speak English. It's not assuming they, they don't, they drove terribly or they're part of the Yakuza or whatever other terrible thing you can assume. It's like, oh, you're very smart. And you just assume that. Because I remember the first time I saw an Asian person walking around in public with a surgical mask on, mm. my immediate thought was, God, man, Asians are so smart. They're just ready to operate. Right here, right now. <laughs> and that's like, and no, that's not, that's not like, you know, you're still assuming, you're still feeding a stereotype, but it's, if it's gonna happen, make it positive and then let it, you find your way out of it. That's how I look at it. Make a positive assumption, acknowledge, okay, that's dumb. That was just in a, that was a stereotypical, you're just, you're assuming and then find your way out of it. Yeah. I think anything you know? that would other someone yeah. is what's damaging. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, because that would, oh God, I would hate it if anyone just assumed that I was super smart. Assumed that you were a, yeah. yeah You're Danish? Only, you must just, be a scientist. They would just get disappointed. Yeah, yeah. That would be really sad. But I get what you mean. But I think acknowledging that, because there's nothing worse than hearing anyone say, oh, I'm not racist. You're like, you, no, you are. Like, we, we are. Same with yeah. sexism. And it's all, sexism is it's also... always there. Yeah. It's also internalized. So yeah. it's like so many... Women think less. Like even like I did it before. I assumed I was just going to marry someone instead of actually gaining power. Like all of this is internalized. It's yeah. something we grow up with. And when like knowing that you feel this way and that yeah. you're on this side of it, I often think about how it must be, because because you got those people in your audience who went yeah. way when you said that thing. Yeah. It must be shitty because at least I don't get people in my audience who are like that. Like they've already decided to go and see a female comic. They're not going to be complete shitheads. Right, right. But you have to deal with them and you have to hear men talk to you as if you, like assuming you agree with them. Yeah. You have to take a lot of, well, I assume you do take all the battles when you hear that because that must come a lot where you have to say, oh, no, no, I'm not one of you. Yeah, I mean, well, it's, it's earlier as a younger comedian you know you could probably assume a lot of the seeing me perform 
it was, I was always very self-deprecating, but there was, you know, you could, you could probably categorize some of it as very, you know, male, you know, bro-ish or laddish as people say here. But, um, but it wasn't at its core, you know what I'm saying? Like I was never trying to like, you know, if, if I made a, if I made a joke that you would, you could look at as misogynist, it was for the sake of the joke, not a message. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, which I still think is okay. I think if you're taking something and making it funny in a way that doesn't harm anyone, let's do that, you know, and, and acknowledge somewhere in there that you clearly are not saying that as like a go out there because Bill, Bill Burr had a very great bit that I loved, which uh, this does rub a lot of women the wrong way, I think, but like his bit about some waitress wrote a joke on a board that was advertising food or a special and it was something about like a punching wife or something but i cannot remember the exact but it was a good joke and someone complained and she got fired and he was like what 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 did that solve you you took away someone's job because they made a joke also what do you think happens some guy who would never ever who has never or never thought to hit a woman would see that joke and go yeah I'm gonna go home and beat the shit out of my wife. I don't. I agree with that. I don't think jokes are these like you don't you you can make a joke about something without controlling someone's mind and making them go. I should go do that thing. I should go murder someone. Like there is a way. I just humor doesn't work that way. If someone's stupid enough to hear a joke and go, I'm gonna go fucking beat a woman, they were gonna fucking do something awful anyway. If, and I don't think those people exist, to be honest. I don't think there are people that fucking dumb and crazy who hear a joke and go, oh, I'm going to go do that thing. However, that same token, when I make a joke like that one and people go like almost cheering, that tells me that they are, because it's always the same guy. It's mm-hmm. always the older white mm-hmm. guy. It's never... You know, sometimes and here's the thing. Surprisingly, sometimes women. Mm. I've had I've had women like laugh and clap at that part. You know what I mean? Um, but I'm not doing it. I'm also not. It's also a joke. It's also like I'm not doing it to completely uh, expose people. It's also a, I'm building up tension, then releasing it, then flipping it over on its head mm. just to completely keep you off your. I don't. I don't like the audience to ever be able to predict where I'm going. Mm. So there's a that. It's also an element of that. But. Um, what are you saying? But when God, when people like you saw where they're sort of like a, yeah, man, that's where I'm sort of like, you, you're a fucking, you live in a bubble. You live in the bubble. You've never even spoken to a woman about how much they fear being, that you never ever had that experience. You never even considered the fact that every woman in your life fears this sort of thing. Every time they get bought a drink by a strange man. Like, so for me, it's not, I'm not, I'm not saying you're bastards. And you should all burn at the stake. I'm saying, I'm hoping in that moment, it's like, hey, why don't you fucking talk to women, listen, hear what they go through, and don't cheer at that part. But when, but there are times when people laugh at it in a way where it's like, oh, you get that I'm not serious. You get that that's just like a ha ha. It's mm. a comedy show. <laughs> so I don't, I don't go after them. When that happens, yeah. I sort of give them like, anyway. I know that was, I just rambled no, I was just, a lot. I just, I just, I just, I just never. Th- I've never heard anyone say that 
you know, like when you joke about stuff like mm. uh, like domestic abuse, like the Bill Burr bit, mm. I, never, I don't think anyone says that it's because people will then go out and beat their wives. I think it's I just more not. perpetuating that it's not a serious thing. Like, so that it's not it's not as much about the men who are already doing it because, of course, they're going to keep doing it. Yeah. Maybe it's the women who, you know, I'm gonna. I know I should leave him, but it's not. Ah, it's not that big of a. It's. Not, I mean, I'm so fine. Right, right. And then they see the joke and they go, "Oh yeah, everybody I'm silly. deals with it." I seriously. I'm silly. I'm just being silly. Maybe I should just, you know, because that's what he says to her. He says, "Oh come on, you're overreacting." That's like gaslighting. Going, "Oh come on, right?" You know, you've you deserve. Wait, is that, what, is that what gaslighting is? Gaslighting is when you make someone uh, feel crazy. Basically, it stems from that. Oh, I thought it was something completely different. Oh, right. What did you think it was? Um, I thought it was, uh, well, I guess it's the same thing. I thought it was like, if I said, I don't know, I just, I'm going to use a lighter Mm. example, but I don't know. I don't really like tuna. If someone's just like, oh, this guy doesn't like tuna, everyone. Hey, no tuna for Sean. Tuna-less, this guy hates tuna. I thought it was taking like something someone says and just putting it on full well kind of so and i, th- I think yeah. it's more like but I, I like what you're saying maybe. yeah it's more like we're uh, like we're in a relationship and you said you'd be home by 10 and that's yeah. fine so i cook dinner and it's ready by 10 and then you're home by two and i'm like hey uh, this uh, is not cool where were you and you go whoa calm down whoa you're, you're completely controlling me you're overreacting oh. and then i start to go yeah i'm just i'm sorry i'm just you know, it stems oh. from there's a play and I don't remember the exact I think it's a Brecht play or something it's about um, I think it's a man who doesn't want to be with his wife so he wants but he doesn't want to kill her so he every day he turns the gas on and then she goes oh I can smell gas and he goes there's no gas and then event, and that builds up and then eventually she goes she goes mad because she thinks she's crazy because she can smell gas and she can hear sounds and stuff so it's a way of making women think that they're it's a overreacting. Up play, but yeah, that's also yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, probably okay, that's completely. interesting. I've never. Yeah, that's a great point too. Yeah, that like that it is. It, there are people who yeah, you know, you, you never think about it from that way. But I just did, and that is a good point. Um. Yeah, it's a, it is a fine line because then there's that side of me that wants to say like, can't we get to a point though with humor where if you joke about something like that. You are obviously making a joke about it to simultaneously like, hey, laugh about it because it's an awful thing. And let's just take the moment to like laugh and experience, you know, laughter because it's healing, laughter because it's good for you, laughter because it's like, yeah, that thing's fucking terrible. All right, laughing about it, and by laughing at it, you get a little bit firmer of a grip on mm. it. Right? No, I agree with that, but then I think. But then they get, there's also got to be a way to also imply like, and also this is bullshit. Don't yeah, stand well, for I, it. Yeah, that can easily. I've, yeah. I think I've seen like what's his name, Chris. Oh, what's his name? He did a whole show about domestic abuse where he was beaten up by his wife. Uh, I forget his name now. American? Yeah, American guy. Chris. Gather? No. No. He didn't. I don't think his wife would beat him. The show is called uh, Love is Evil, E-V-O-L. Oh, oh, fuck. I know that show. Yeah. I can't think of who that guy is. I know God, he- I can't remember him now. I guess people can Google it if we don't think of it. Yeah. It's really, it's a really good show. I didn't realize just, that was what it was about, though. Yeah, Maybe. it's about his abusive wife. Wow. And, of course, it has just, like, disclaimer, whatever. There's a lot of problems with it yeah, as well. Yeah. It's very fatphobic and stuff. But apart from that, like, the fact that there's a man, a seemingly cool, good-looking, white, straight man, yeah. talking about that, and it's brilliant. That's yeah. brilliant that someone can talk about it. And so there's loads of victims of this who can right. make the best shows about it yeah but bill burr 
Oh, I mean the 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 the, the are, yeah because because women are so often sat in groups of men having the men go <laughs> what do you call a woman who with two blue eyes blah blah blah, blah. Yeah. and then some kind of joke about it and that perpetuates that fear that perpetuates the status that, that yeah so I think the the jokes of course make the jokes but you know why are you making jokes about something you're not if you could unless you could make the joke in a way where in the joke it is like undeniably implied that you're against it and that everyone should be as well. Yeah, I guess it's hard to talk it's, about it, hypothetically, but I think yeah. like what, what you do in yours is you kind of go up and cause you're the man on stage. Right. So they're, they're, off, they're looking up to you and they're, right. you're being like the cool guy. So by you going, you're like, don't do that. Like don't yeah, cheer don't. at this. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good alpha move to do. Yeah. Well, thank you. I never really thought but about you, it like that. But thank you. you're also not the, like, cause you make men the butt of the joke. You make the culture the butt of the joke yeah. and not the, oh, yeah. the woman. Oh, yeah. It should be. I mean, like, I don't, I don't think like uh, what's what's a good because oh because you asked that earlier. Like, I don't over the years definitely like less and less. I definitely don't have like that Opie and Anthony crowd aren't they're not Sean Patton fans. Let's just put it to you like that. Like, I've never done that show. I probably wouldn't. Even though I do love Jim Norton, I don't like. I think he's way fucking smarter and more, way more progressive than people give him credit for. Opie and Anthony are both fucking morons, though. But like, the um, but I've definitely also had those guys shit on me, like they, you know, on Twitter and social media, be like, "What is this bullshit?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm not up there fucking constantly talking about, you know, fucking." I do. I mean, I do talk about sex a lot on stage, but it's because I'm a Scorpio. And uh, I don't believe in any of that shit. I just love it. I just love it. It's like it's like being it's like it's the same. It's the same with people who take Pottermore quizzes and find out what house they're in. Like that's how I look at the zodiac. I feel like it's a bit more than that because the very first time, because yeah. I don't believe in it either. But the very first time, I because I'm a Scorpio as well. The very first yeah. time I read like the description of a Scorpio, I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It, it matches. Up. <laughs> but it's just like when you read the description of a fucking Ravenclaw, you'd be like, that's me. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing. Like, it's just a little more detailed. But like, uh, you know, I, I I do I do talk about sex on stage quite a bit. But I'm I'm also I'm I think I'm a very sexual being. And like, I I what I love is how I the one critique I've read about myself over and over again is that I choose very unsophisticated topics. But I also argue that like, no, I choose very human topics. Mm. If if it if you don't think they're sophisticated, it's because you're pretentious. You know. I am talking about things that we all experience constantly and giving my own individual take on it. I don't think I don't think anyone I don't think you can look at what I do and look at what other comedians do and go, "Oh, they go the same direction." I always try and go the other direction. Sometimes that's to a fault. Sometimes why well, could have just gone that way and gotten a joke out of it? I decided to go this way, got a three and a half minute bit about it that doesn't always work, but I love it. Eventually it will. Point being, those like duh guys, when they are in my crowds, they don't enjoy it. I can tell who they are, you know. And when they and if they do, they're a certain type of duh guy. They're like the duh guy who's trying to be like the duh, like starts to think. It's like, but well, they're like they're like reformed bros, you know. They're like because I was like that. I grew up in fucking southeastern Louisiana. I grew up. You know, in a very, I went to a very white high school, a very white suburban high school. I went to, I'm from New Orleans, but my parents moved us to the suburbs, 
you know, and, and which only half an hour outside the city. So I went, I was always in the city with my friends getting in trouble. But like the high school I went to, the people I was around, the culture of, of New Orleans is an amazing cultural epicenter. It is a beautiful, wonderful, mix mash, wonderful city uh, to the point where it, it's, it's more progressive than most liberals. Because you got a lot of liberals that will go there and get really offended at the way people talk. At like the sort of language people use. But there's just an honesty between, you know, there's an honesty between cultures in New Orleans that, you know, there's a problem with certain places in the U.S. where it's like you're becoming, you're getting so liberal that you're swinging around to conservative again. Mm. Where like people who say they're colorblind, I hate you. Oh, that's not a thing. I hate you. The same as saying I'm not racist. Exactly. It's like you are... You're being more racist by yeah. not acknowledging that someone's black. Yeah, yeah. If I call someone a black guy and you get offended because I pointed out that they're a black person, you're, in my opinion, you're the bigot, not me. Because you're the one that wants to go, no, we're all the same. We're not all the same. We're different. That's yeah. what makes us beautiful. You can be equal and different at the same time. So, in fact, you have to be. But New Orleans is a, ver- a city that is very, yeah, it has its problems because it's in Louisiana. That's my point is that you get an hour outside of New Orleans and it's like, whoa, what the fuck is this? This is okay. Okay. Going back to New Orleans now. But, you know, I grew up in that fucking 90s, you know, bro shit. And by the time I was 22, had completely like abandoned it and was like, what the fuck has my life been? What kind of shit have I been subscribing to? Who am I? So I understand that sort of that transitional phase where you're a young person, or and sometimes it doesn't happen when you're 22. Some I've met people who it's like they're 35 and just now realizing, like, hey, my whole life I've been kind of a fucking shithead, and I'm just now realizing that I don't have a wife, I don't have kids, I'm probably bisexual, you know, um, or I'm just open-minded now, and it, but I don't know how to be. And you get a lot of social justice people, you know, and not, obviously not you, but a lot, you, you know, mm. who are just very like, nope, you're a fucking garbage person and you always have been. If you by age 16 haven't, don't have three gay friends, you're, not, you're a monster. And it's like some people don't have, aren't in that world. Some people growing up in Toledo, Ohio or Hattiesburg, Mississippi or, you know, fucking uh, middle of nowhere, Missouri are like, they're isolated from that. And when they finally realize they want to be a part of that, they want to get out and like open up, they don't know how. Because all, all they've got is their friends who all live in condos. And the nearest city they can drive to is, you know, Oklahoma City, which is, is not on the top 10 progressives list. So they don't, they're lost in this world of like, I don't know. And then they see a comedian like me. I'm not saying I'm the fucking most progressive minded comedian out there, but I'm no bigot. And they'll see a guy like me and be like, hey, what, what else is out there? And it's like, they just go this way. You see, it's, it's easy. It's right there. You just got to go be a part of it. And it's, I, get, I get that. I get that transition phase. So I think I get a lot of those people coming out the shows. That leads so perfectly into the, the, the like final it, question. It's like I, I know. Yeah, yeah, it's totally. Oh, perfect. So I, I have one know. more question that I always ask. Mm-hmm. So... You're in the delivery room, yes. and you've just been born. I've just been born. You've just been okay, born. Okay. So you you get to hold as now, like right now, you can hold yourself as a teeny tiny oh, okay. Sean Patton okay. baby. And you're crying and screaming because there's lights and sounds, and you're not used to that because that wasn't yeah, there. In breathing the oxygen for the oh, first time. Oxygen, yeah. it's horrible. People everywhere, <laughs> yeah. it's awful. 
And you know that the next 37, 38, 38, 38 years yeah. of your life, uh, you know what it's going to be like. And there's going to be a lot of lights and sounds, but it won't be lights and sounds. It'll be other things that are terrifying. Right. So little baby is crying and you can say something to the baby. Right. You can't change anything. You can't change the future, but you can maybe say something that would calm it down if that's what you want. But you can basically say anything to teeny tiny baby Sean Patton. What would oh, you say? Oh, man. Wow. That's a good one. And I'm factoring in so many things right now. Gone. But like, you know, understanding of English. No, but no, but I know what you mean in a symbolic way. Um, if I could go back, the one thing I would, I mean, never smoke cigarettes. That's, <laughs> but that's too simple. Uh, I, but that's something I wish I would have, someone would have told me at 16. Don't do it. Fucking, I don't smoke anymore, but, uh. That's something, seriously, anyone listening to this, if you're just looking for practical day-to-day advice, stop smoking right now. Just trust me, your life will be a thousand times better because of it. It's It really is a fucking terrible thing. Um, I know this sound. I'm sure, you know what, okay, believe in yourself. And I know how that sounds. I know that is a very cliche thing to hear, right? And a very cliche thing to say almost, but like... I would tell myself to believe in myself no matter what because something, a problem that I eventually overcame, I think, I'm probably still trying to overcome it, is that I didn't forever. And I still look back at my life sometimes and marvel how I've gotten just to where I am now, which isn't as far as I want to be, but like... The lack of confidence I had in myself for the first 30 years of my life, if if it didn't exist, everything would be better. It, it, even like the fact that I started doing stand-up in my early 20s and stuck to it and like you'd be like, well, that's confident, but it was con- but it was it was it was a hatred. It was like a self-deprecating like you have to do this because you you have to do this. Don't you? It, it was the way I was talking to myself, the way I like everyone, you know, who is great at what they do or who has done something great. All have one thing in common. Conf- belief, not just confidence. Confidence. Yes, that maybe that's a good point. Confidence. I've always possessed belief in myself is a next is another level. And it's important and it's hard to it's fucking hard to wrangle. But you have to. It's just you have to believe what you're doing. You have to believe in what you're saying. You have to believe in your actions and who you are and why you're doing and why it's important. That's what I would say to myself as a young man, as a baby. Believe in yourself no matter what. Do you still need to be told that? What's that? Do you still need to be told that? Um, I don't think I need to be told my told it anymore, but I just need to live it more, I would say, to be honest. Because I know it and I feel it a lot and I had that recently. I mean, this is uh, this is very there are massive problems in the world and what I'm about to say is not one of them, but like about 6 weeks ago I fired all of my representation because I didn't feel they were going to take me any further. Meaning I felt it was like they got me into a good place. They were always going to keep me there. Every, they were never going to fight for me to get anything more. And why should they? They got me into a good position and I was fine. 
but that's you can't be with people like that in a professional capacity. And the only reason I hadn't fired them up until that point was because I didn't believe any that there would be anything after it. And finally just had to be like, nah, fuck this. I can do it, it, it without reps. I'll be fine. And <laughs> fired them all. And then now have new reps already. But like, it's a thing of me not being able to stand up to my representation uh, hurt me professionally over the years. It really did. And it's like, and why didn't I stand up to him? Because I didn't believe in myself enough. And it's like, it's, it's, I mean, I could go back. I mean, that's a very, you know, tip of the iceberg version of that problem. But I mean, like, just everything in life, my personal health, um, my education level, my fucking uh, relationships with, you know, family members were all affected because of a lack in belief of who I was or what I was capable of and who I am. I think it's an important thing. Believe in yourself, no matter what. It's wonderful. Yeah. Where can people find you? Um, you can go to my website. It is meshawnpatton.com. Um, it has all tour dates and you know videos you can watch, things of that nature. Um, on both Instagram and Twitter, I am Mr. Sean Patton. Mr. Sean Patton. Um, I try and do I try and do both a good amount, not too much, not the not to the point where it's like Jesus. You ever see some of those people on Twitter? You're like, you have three hundred thousand tweets and eight hundred followers. <laughs> you know, it's like I that's crazy. But no, um, I try and you know, social media is an important important element in this world. But yeah, you can find me there. Um, my phone number is not. <laughs> but, and then we just hope you're gonna film your show and then eventually people can see it if yeah, they, yeah i'm hoping if they didn't get to see it at the fringe i'm hoping a year from now you could have seen this show on netflix for a few months <laughs> at least it's fucking brilliant show. yeah well thank you very much so thank, thank you, so you very much, much for, for having me this. um this has been this has been deep polite conversations with so <laughs> sophie hagan you guessed the name episode number 102 Forty-seven, fifty-six. 56 episode number 156 just, just 56 oh, episode 56 <laughs> polite deep deep yet polite conversations with sophie hagen from denmark this thank is sean Patton signing off <laughs> thank you thank you thank you so much for listening i love doing this podcast you know that and i am so so grateful for all of you who are helping me out if you're wondering how to help out you can either share the mopad on social media twitter instagram uh you can tweet the the people who who were guests tweet them and tell them they were great at being guests like that's that's not really something that helps me, but that's just a nice thing to do. So you can do that. You can uh, message a friend you think would like it and tell them to listen to it. Uh, leave a five-star review on iTunes. That really, really helps me out. Or you can donate a one-off donation on mopat.com. Or you can, I mean, I mean, like a money donation, not like old clothes. Unless we're the same size, then fair enough. Uh, but you can go to patreon.com forward slash Mopad and you can become a patron. Now, uh, Patreon is a really great site. If you don't know it, you can go and you can decide how much money you want to give per episode. So it could be one pound, five pounds, ten pounds, whatever you feel is. And I don't, oh, I said pound, well, dollars. Well, you can, can give five pounds, but you would have to find out what that is in dollars. Who knows, really? And um, it does all of it 
uh, on its itself. Like it does it all. You just have to type in some information and then it all happens automatically. So that's a really nice way of of just supporting like your your the the thing that you're listening to. And it really helps me out a lot. And I get a little email every time uh, you you decide to be a patron, and it makes me so happy. And uh, it's a little extra thing. Like there's a it's a little thing where if you give with uh, five dollars or more. You're a friend of the podcast, which means that you will get a shout out <laughs> at the end of the episode, meaning that I will butcher your name. So uh, I want to say thank you to these heroes, people who genuinely are the reason this podcast uh, can can keep going consistently. So I want to give a massive thank you to Kathy Draxelbauer, Robert Knowles, uh, Eve Winkrith, Victoria Greer, Marnie Biles, Phil Vapolis, Olivia Hove, Zoe Cumberland, Maria Massils, Lynn Skow, Joe C., Purdy Patterson, Steph Reem, Murray Fraser, Ruth Harvey, Jane Young, Dan Smith, Gillian Brady, Bethany Dahlstrom, Aidan Forrester, Andrea Pepperland, Darshan Bengal, Katie Hatfield, Robin Cabot, James Frew, Karen Threthaway, Russell Hughes, Ida Sugo Larsen, Lucy, Inger Ellingson, Imogen Viersen, Maddie Searle, Caleb Melquart, Zach Hilliger, Jessica Stuhlfeier, Meg, Emma Chan, Sylvia Novak, Georgia Brown, Kathy Bibridge, uh, Emma Walton, Andy Walker, Geraldo Nascimento, Claire, Danny Beckett, Fiona Richardson, Claire Lamb, Grace Suter, Kat Piller, Harold Van Dyke, Eleanor, Sarah Ferreira, Ike Sith, Thierry Dunphy, and Daniel Reifersheed. <gasps> oh, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you for listening. And um, yeah, you're great. I'll speak to you next week. I want to thank Bailey Leonard for my jingle, Linda Brinkhouse for my logo, and Phoenix Artist Club and Peter Dunbar for letting me record episodes there. I will speak to you on Wednesday. Goodbye. Goodbye.